1: Yes, y'all, from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, kind of. Sort of. Sort of. It's the Republic of Football Takeover edition of Texas Football Today on the internet, a show. I'm Shahan Jayaraja, I'm the College Football Insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football a magazine and textfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at textfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you're listening to us either on TextFootball Today, the podcast, or the Republic of Football, which we will release this later. If you are not subscribed to the Republic of Football, this is a great time to go and do that. Uh, thank you for doing your choice to support your local elites. Elite. Internet show. It's not mediocre. Listen, m- mediocrity's out of here. <laughs> it's, it's out of here. Yay. Mediocrity's on vacation, this. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen to. <him. laughs> I'm over here, as you see, Ishmael Johnson over there. Ish, what's up? What's up, man? This is cool. Up, this is cool. This, this is, is cool. this is our first live show together. It this is. is really it cool. is. Yeah. And over there, we got the great Mallory Hartley. Mallory, what's up?
2: I'm good well. How are you guys?
1: We're doing fantastic. We're doing fantastic today. to be here. <laughs> I am very excited to be here. uh If I'm bad at this, it's Ish's fault. Okay. <laughs> today is June tenth, two thousand twenty-one. 79 days until college football is back and the UTEP minors open against New Mexico State in Las Cruces. This is episode 1183, 1183, the exact number of games that Patrick Ewing played in his NBA career. We're doing our own thing here. We're doing our own thing here. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Uh, no Ranger stats. Yeah, no Ranger stats. Uh, By the way, 32 of those games were losses (laughs) to the Chicago Bulls. Ooh, nice. Get them. Get (laughs) them. On today's show, we are releasing the 2021 All-Texas College Teams. You can find the team in the summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. But first, do we have a first four through the door?
2: We sure do. This might be a little off because my Facebook was not loading. But here I have got Tony Blaylock, Matthew McSpadden, Andrew Christensen, and hold it. Oh. Aaron Arbuckle. There you go. There you go. in Dallas.
1: Welcome. Welcome. I hope I'm you enjoy it. the show. Like I mentioned, this is an ROF takeover of sorts. If you enjoy this, if you have fun with us, uh, come subscribe to the Republic Football F- Podcast as well. This will be released on both the uh, ROF feed and the TFT feed. You can also watch it anywhere that you've been listening or watching this podcast. Uh, but, but we like to have fun. We're the College Football Podcast for people who don't know. Like I mentioned, I'm the college football guy over here. It helps me out a whole lot, and so we we just like to kick it, man. We like to have yeah. fun. And yeah. So, trust me, if if you're used to, to Greg's regimented, very, uh, very rehearsed, and very methodical
3: structure, that's not our podcast at all. So, <laughs> if you're a fan of that, you know,
1: come in for a different flavor with Republic of Football. Hopefully, you get a little bit more of that uh, from to, from us today. No question about it. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get right into it. The 2021 All Texas College Team. Look, I, let's start with this, okay? Yeah. Putting this together was pretty difficult.
3: Yeah, we'll get to one position in particular later. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: I, I think that f- there were a number of returners, obviously just because of the six-year transfer rule and all that sort of stuff too. But also, I, I think that at the same time, we had a lot of turnover at the top, right? We mm-hmm. had a lot of turnover with some of the bigger teams, with some of the more established names. I've kind of described this as a new era in a lot of ways because... You do lose Sam Ellinger, you lose Shane Buschel, you lose Kellen Mond, you lose Charlie Brewer. That's kind of a generation, yeah. of quarterbacks. Right. I think I think, and and particularly
3: with this state, you know, we're divine. We're more or less defined by the quarterback position, mm-hmm. right? For better or worse. That's not to say that uh, we don't produce great receivers, offensive linemen, uh, secondary, things like that. But quarterbacks defined eras to a certain extent, especially in Texas. And when you more or less wipe the slate clean like it's not completely clean right we have some names that we're going to mention we have returners coming back that have experience but yeah you're kind of losing the names right the big name recognition guys and so when we were coming up with this list you know it was a lot we we realized we're like it's gonna be a different year huh (laughs) like it's gonna be a really really different year and different names coming up yeah
1: no question about it well let's get started we're starting off at this state's signature position That is the punter position. (laughs) So, let's go ahead and get started. On the first team, we've got Austin McNamara, the punter from Texas Tech. Fantastic punter, has been tremendous since his freshman year. Coming in very close behind at second team. Lucas Dean, the punter from UTSA. Yeah. Last year, let's just (laughs) I
3: want to compare last year to this year. This year wasn't very hard. No. Last year, we were like, huh. Who's really going on? Like, cause uh, we had a man for his first team last yep, year, yep, yep. And then second team, we were like, eh? yeah. <laughs> and so this year, it was not hard at all. No, Austin McNamara and Lucas Dean were the two best punters in the state last
1: year. Yeah, it, I think that one thing that's been funny is that, especially ever since Michael Dixon has come through, right? Like, yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. I think that the state has changed. Yeah, you mentioned we have Braden Mann who uh, who won the was the finals for the right guy. Did he win it? I don't remember. Uh, I, I'm so sorry, and uh, fans, we apologize. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned Austin McNamara has been a guy who's come through who's been tr- uh, tremendous the past yeah. couple of years. Jordy Sandy, over at TCU, had a great year. Ryan Bachevsky, uh Chris Nagar, by the way, over at SMU last year, both as a kicker and a punter. Tremendous stuff. Uh, we don't need to talk this much about punters, but we are, we are big fans. I, <laughs> I, I am a, a, a punter stan, just for the record. <laughs> like Let's that. move over to kicker. So, at first team at kicker, we've got Seth Small over from Texas A&M. The first Aggie on the list will not be the last. Second team, we had Cameron Dicker this is kind of funny these guys have been up there among the best kickers in the state for a while and and they're finally seniors yeah it
3: feels like cameron dicker's been there forever forever like that that kick against ou feels like 10 years ago (laughs) (laughs) kyler murray's already gone and almost won an mvp it seems like but um no i think this was another easy one um i think that when you look at Again, I don't want to spend too much time on kickers and punters, but we—I think this is another position that has been elevated by you sure. know since the Justin Tucker, I guess you should say that kind of era. Yeah. Uh, Randy Bullock was on that mm-hmm. was around the same time as him too. So you kind of take that, and it's been a pretty good season for a pretty good era for special teams kickers and punters. So
1: yeah, uh, I'm sorry to my Baylor people that are watching. This is actually Danny Sepulveda's season, but anyway, let's move uh, on. That's a good point. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to defensive line. So. I will mention, actually, real quick on specialists, Uh, we do pick a best specialist uh, in the magazine. Our best specialist is Austin McNamara. Moving on to the defensive line. On the first team, we've got DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M, who we named the best defensive lineman in the state. O'Shawn Mathis from TCU. Praise Amawule from UTEP. On the second team, we've got Jaden Peavy from Texas A&M. Dion Noville from North Texas. And Alfred Collins from the University of Texas. Yeah. Um, If you have a
3: problem with any of these names, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I was looking up Demarvin Leal. I think if you're if you're a fan of PFF, if you're a fan of their rating systems, he did not. I believe he had a grade above eighty in like every single game, more or less. It was he had a phenomenal season. He, I mean, he is just. He's gonna be a first-round draft pick if you know his projection still goes or we expect it to go, and he's gonna be that n- kind of the next in line of those A&M uh, uh, pass
1: rushers, right? That, right. Those kind of elite guys that we project to be going to the next level. I mean, we put him on the cover of the dang magazine. What more do you want us to say about Demarvin exactly. <laughs> <it? laughs>
2: <laughs> Leal? That should speak for itself. Yeah. Exactly. It,
1: and oshawn Mathis is the guy who really broke out this year. I think it's tough with TCU because Kyrie Coleman also a tremendous, tremendous defensive end. I, we went with Mathis, is you know. We just felt his production was a little bit better. Praise Woolley, I think one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the state of Texas from the UTEP minors. Uh, and on the second team, I mean, Mallory, I, I think that you can tell us how big is it to have Dionne Vilbeck? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously a projection pick in Alfred Collins. Uh, we saw what he could do to end the year. I think some people might have been like, oh, he should be – we're waiting to see. But yeah. I think that we still very much mm-hmm. think that he's going to be a big-time player for them. So moving on to the linebacker position. We have first team, Terrell Bernard from Baylor, Trevor Harmonson from UTSA, DeMarvion Overshone from Texas, Colin Schooler from Texas Tech, and we named Terrell Bernard our best overall linebacker. And on the second team, we got Aaron Hansford from Texas A&M, Delana Robinson from SMU, D. Winters from TCU, and Treshawn Chamberlain from Rice.
3: Yeah, and we should also hint that Cheryl Bernard is also listed as our best linebacker, correct? Yes, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. I, thought, I didn't know if you mentioned yes, that or not. I did. I did. Um, so, yes. I I mean, tomorrow on Overshown, I think we saw what he could do last year. We yes. saw a lot of glimpses. I don't want to say he was out Overshown by Joseph Osai at times, but definitely he was. Joseph Osai was the main guy and as far as uh, that, that uh, defense was concerned. Now it's time to step into that new era. We have him with uh, Overshawn. We have Coburn on the defensive line. It's going to be a new – new names for Texas, but names that you've been kind of waiting, right, waiting for their moment, waiting for them to step into the uh, the limelight, and it's going to be them – yeah, I'm excited to see Overshone for sure this year.
1: Yeah, no no question. And Colin Schooler was a guy in the second half of last year that I think really stepped up his game in a big way. People might remember last year his hit on Charlie Brewer at the goal line oh. against Baylor where he just erased him from existence. <laughs> 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 and so uh, but, it's but dick. Outside of that, he was a really solid player. I actually think that Texas Tech's linebacking core is one of the best. I think mm-hmm. maybe the one of the most underrated. I think sure. in the state of Texas, uh, and and on the second team, Delano Robinson been a mainstay at SMU. Had a great case for first team. D. Winters is a guy that like uh, you talked to Gary Patterson. He thinks he was just as good last mm-hmm. year as Garrett Wallow. He'll have a chance to prove it this year. Did and- he come in as a as a defensive back? I believe so. That's that's typical. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah. typical yeah, of uh, TCU. And yeah, that's typical. I think that's typical of, like, the
3: modern game, too, where it's, yeah. like, you can find these guys who can move really well. They're obviously recruited to be maybe a safety or a corner or something, and but they're probably more physical enough to where they don't get bullied by, you know, they don't get bullied in the run game. They don't get bullied by tight ends. And you can just
1: move them up a little bit, and now you have a great coverage linebacker. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I will answer Andrew Christensen in the comments real quick. Who decided to run a 3-4? <laughs> so here's the thing right we (laughs) get to decide this every single year and it does change I think depending somewhat on the talent that you have on the names that you want to get on the list to me I think that linebacker is a deeper position right now than Mm -hmm. defensive line in the state of Texas just in terms of returners and all that sort of stuff and so for me there were more names that I think we felt like deserved to be honored at linebacker than there were at defensive line. Some, some places cheat and do four fours, you know, mm-hmm. to try to get more guys on the list. Yeah. But uh, for us, it's a decision that we have to talk about. It's a decision that we think through. Uh, and we decided to go with a three, four for those purposes. There you go. Moving on to defensive backs, best overall defensive back. We've got Marcus Jones from the university of Houston. One of the most underrated again, I feel like I say this with every single guy on this list, but mm-hmm. very underrated player, uh, both as a, defense back and as a punt returner may I add uh, Marcus Jones, Raleigh Tejada from Baylor, Travis Hodges Tomlinson from TCU and Jalen Petrie from Baylor on that first team. On the second team we got Texas State's Jaron Morris, Miles Jones from Texas A&M, Damani Richardson from Texas A&M and Rashad Wisdom from UTSA Yeah. So I think Travis Hodges Tomlinson I want to say according to PFF is their top returning corner
3: yes. in the nation yes. so high praise yes. like obviously right there I'm gonna brag about my dude Jaron Morris. Go baby for it. J. Um, so obviously I watch a lot of Texas State. He used to be a B Rider when to school there. You don't you don't need to hear his spiel again. <laughs> um I think I've seen Jaron Morris more than any other defensive player probably on the, in this all Texas yes. team. Texas State's defense has hinged so much on the fact that they don't have to worry about whoever he's covering. Yeah. And last year they had to move him around so much. He played nickel, he played safety, he moved to both corners, but there were so many injuries, and he was the one staple that they were just like, we need to put him anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> and he was good. And the fact that they can do that in this era of, you know, big wide receiver, the, the new trend is big corners to match up with big wide yes. receivers. The fact that they can throw a 5'8", 5'9", Jaron Morris out there, and he's okay. Like, <laughs> it shows enough. Um, obviously, this, this state is just deep with great corners, so that's why he's second team. But that's not a knock to his ability um, because to be beat out by guys like Marcus Jones, Raleigh uh, Tejada, Travis Hodges-Thompson, and and Jalen like That's not a knock on him. Those are great corners ahead of him. I think that this
1: might have actually been the hardest position on the list. Sure. I mean, mean, Rashad Wisdom's on second. Rashad Wisdom is the heart and soul of that UTSA defense. Right. And he has to be on second team because there's so many good defenders. I I would almost – and I mean – we put Miles Jones and Devontae Richardson on the cover of the magazine. That's, that's how true. high we are on them, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that that just says how deep this position is. And, I mean, look, I think that the other thing to mention is that, hey, who's who said that we're going to run a 3-4? A um, I mean, listen, if we kind of wanted to match it up a little bit more, we could run a base dime defense. I was about Get to say, yeah, guys there's no college list. in here that's running with, like, just four right. defensive backs. Everybody's right. throwing out five. Right, <laughs> right. So, you know, maybe maybe next year we'll cheat a little bit more, but not right now. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break real quick, and we're going to say we are text football today. We are here every weekday at noon talking football in the Lone Star State. We hope you will become a Dave Campbell's text football subscriber at textfootball.com. By the way, big news. So we have been saying all week, Wednesday is the last day yes. to subscribe and guarantee we, that we you get— We hit that
2: home pretty hard yesterday. Yes, Actually, no. yes. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. But Wednesday,
1: Wednesday, Wednesday. Well, but. you might wonder why Greg Tepper's not here because he's on vacation but what I'm going to say that it is is he went and marched down to the publisher and said the people need more the people need more time
2: that's where he is actually
1: yes thank you so much to Greg Taffer for your sacrifice uh, during this this oh, trial sacrifice <laughs> oh he's just done <laughs> he died in the battle <laughs> sorry I'm the new host now get over it uh, but We are extended to Friday. If you subscribe by Friday at textfootball.com slash subscribe, we can guarantee you that you are going to get the magazine before it hits bookshelves. We usually say that it's going to be about, like, late June for if you're a subscriber. You get a mail directly to your house. It's way easier. You get it way earlier than everybody else. You can brag to your friends. We usually say, like, into July is usually when we're going to have the magazine on bookshelves. So the easiest way to get it, and also I, I will mention, too, If you like us, if you like our show, if you like what we do here, it also helps support us a whole lot if you do subscribe. So, Ish, Yeah. let's continue. We're going to move on to the offensive line. The best offensive lineman, easiest decision of my life, Kenyon Green from Texas A&M University. Jalen Thomas from SMU, Dawson Deaton from Texas Tech, excuse me, Spencer Burford from UTSA, and Jacob Brammer from North Texas makes up the first team. On the second team, we've got Connor Galvin from Baylor, Junior Engelau from Texas, Diva Villa from TCU, Hayden Howerton from SMU, and TJ Stormont from Texas Tech.
3: I think this is the year we're finally going to see the Kenyan Green hype like fully flourish. Well, he's moving to tackle. Exactly. That's what I was about to mention. Yeah, he's been a he's been a guard because he was good enough. He was basically good enough to where Jimbo Fisher said we have to start this guy. We have to play him somehow. Right. And so he basically came in as a freshman guard immediately starting. Uh, left tackle leaves. Okay. Now he was recruited to be a tackle. Now he's going to transition, and there's going to be a reason. You're going to see why he was always hyped up to be the best tackle in his recruiting class. Why he was immediately he just had, they had to play him immediately. He's gonna he's gonna be an incredible talent. You're not gonna really see much change as far as the pass protection goes because of how good he is. Despite him, you know, despite despite a senior leaving, he's gonna step in. He's gonna be perfectly fine. He's so versatile. He's so athletic. I mean, Kenyon Green. We're gonna be talking about him so much by the end of this year. Being like, hey, did you realize that Kenyon Green gave up one? You know, like it's gonna be one of those numbers where it's like PFF's gonna tweet
1: out a Kenyon Green stat and it's like,
3: oh yeah, he got beat like twice all year or something like that.
1: Yeah, I I will say, so last year I served on the Football Writers Association of America All-America Committee, Mm -hmm. right? And the FWA named him a first-team All-American, fully deservedly. Right. But you should have heard some of the people in there talking about him, especially some of the more offensive line experts. Uh, We had, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Barrett Jones from Mm, Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the call. He was basically like, I just want to help out, especially with offensive line. He's like, I've watched this kid. This kid is is the real deal. And this is a kid who was playing left guard last year. Now you kick him out to tackle. I think that ni- none of us are, are concerned about how well he's going to be able to move. Like you mentioned, they just wanted to get him on the field. And, uh, and yeah, the guys that, that, they, uh, that they had last year at tackle, obviously playing in the NFL right now, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be his moment to shine. I do want to touch on some of the other guys, of course. Sure. Um, you know, I think that Jalen Thomas at SMU has become really underrated. I think that mm-hmm. – um, actually, that SMU offensive line in general – I think that people don't understand how good it's been the past couple of years in protecting Shane Bouchel, in paving the way for those running games with Xavier Jones and with Ulysses Bentley. Sure. And I think that they're going to be just as good this year. I think that they're going to continue to develop getting Hayden Howerton back for his fifth year of eligibility. Right. I, I don't remember if it's his fifth or sixth year. Um, another guy, TJ Stormont on the second team transferred from TC to Texas Tech. I think they really hope that he can lock down that left tackle position Make things a little bit more stable for them, mm-hmm. and because uh, that was a real issue for them. And Spencer Burford, a guy who's been on this team for years now at this point, really the the anchor of that UTSA offensive line. But that UTSA offensive line, I think they had three guys that I really did consider for this team. Yeah, Burford ends up being the guy who makes it. Uh, but I, I think that it's a really strong group this
3: year. Yeah, you want to uh, one guy I want to mention, kind of holding on, holding his unit together by the string, is Jacob Bramer. Yeah, um, because North Texas's offensive line. Uh-huh. <coughs> can uh, I get a go Valerie? You want to you want to chime in <laughs> on North texas offense. We we line.
2: had a whole segment the other day about it and you know, <laughs> I think we've we've moved past it and we've accepted <laughs> it. So listen, I was all big. grown together. He's really people. big though. No, Jacob, he's great. Yeah. yeah. He's,
1: I, I will say too. I will say an too. to that yeah. to
2: that offensive line. I sure, I can agree with that. That
1: offensive line coach Mike uh Mike Blush. He is a very good coach you saw it start to come together last Mm -hmm. year even when the pieces were struggling a little bit and I think that with another year of development in the system I think Jacob Brammer is going to be awesome but we're going to move on to tight end tight end first team total no-brainer Jalen Weidermeyer over at Texas A&M and on the second team we've got Christian Trahan from Houston there was one
3: player in the country last year who picked the worst season to have a breakout year And it was Jalen Weitermeyer because he played in the same conference as Kyle Pitts. (laughs) And Kyle Pitts basically revolutionized the tight end position at Florida, was nominated for the (laughs) Bolitnikov. As a tight end. Right. And then people, then you realize, oh, oh right, Jalen Widermeyer also had like this incredible season <laughs> as this breakout tight end. And nobody across the nation really noticed except for us, because obviously we pay attention to AM. But of course, Kyle Pitts becomes like the most hyped
1: tight end in his generation. Yeah. Well, I will say too, just to go back a little bit, yeah. keep, remember that recruiting class sure. that uh, that Jalen Widermeyer came in from Dickinson? He was he was like the backup option. Sure, Yeah, no, 100%. Baylor Cup, Baylor Cup was that guy. Block, yeah. And and Baylor Cup, you know, we still are very high on him. He's been injured, but Jalen Weidermeyer played as a true freshman and was required basically to play at a high level mm-hmm. and right away he's he's been really good and last year you mentioned we saw it all come together i think that he could have a chance to to be one of the best tight ends in the country this year potentially win the john Mackey award especially with NM
3: working in a new quarterback yeah, right he's gonna be that huge. safety blanket uh, jimbo fisher loves those type of options those those check down options uh, and he's he's big enough to be a number one option in any in, in, a, in a route concept but to have him underneath just in case things break down boom there's your outlet he's gonna catch it he's gonna be a red zone threat I mean, and then Baylor Cup's to back up. Like, that's <laughs> the fact that Baylor Cup, who was supposed right. to be the number one guy, is now your backup option. Cool. That gives him room to come into play. So, like, I don't know. They're going to complement each other. That's going to be a fun unit to watch for. Yeah. Him.
1: Yeah. And I think you mentioned bringing in a new quarterback, uh, likely Haynes King, potentially Zach Calzada. Uh, I, I think having that safety blanket, I think that's been a real issue for Texas A&M the past couple of years, just not having that go-to receiver, but mm-hmm. Weidemeyer's really been that piece, and potentially he can allow those guys to grow around him then. Right. Moving on to that position, two wide receiver, first team, we've got Reggie Robertson from SMU, Marcel Barbie from Texas State, and Eric Ezekonema from Texas Tech, with Reggie Robertson being labeled our best wide receiver in the state. Second team, we've got Jacob Cowan from UTEP, Rasheed Rice from SMU, and Bradley Rosner coming back from his year of opting out at Rice. Reggie Robertson almost had five hundred yards in four games. Oh <laughs> my gosh. He is not fair.
3: He averaged over twenty yards a catch. <laughs> yes. He it was awesome. Like he was he was fantastic last year. Like I'm so glad he's coming back. Um, hopefully he's healthy. Like he, yeah, he had
2: a knee injury, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I think it was the game against Memphis. Yes, it was.
3: It was yeah. because he had two. He ended that game with two over 240 yards, wasn't it? Right. Like that? Yeah, so he was, came yeah. out. Oh.
1: In, in the first half, by the yeah, way. The first yeah, first half. <laughs> first half. I was at that game. Oh, oh, gosh, oh. that that really sucked when he went out. But I will mention too uh, a note: SMU was undefeated. They are 12 and 0 in the past two years when Reggie Robertson plays. Man, and I asked uh, I asked Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator at SMU, like. Why is he just so critical? Why does the game change so much when he's in? He's like, man, I don't know, but he better stay healthy this year. <laughs> he better play 12 this year. <laughs> you know, and so. 100%. Yeah. And, and to touch on some of the other guys, uh, this is another group. I mean, receivers always just the hardest group just because there are so many good players in the state of Texas. Uh, Jacob Cowan was a guy that we very much considered for first team, oh, but yeah. we ended up going with Barbie. His touchdown numbers were insane. He was basically the automatic
3: player yeah guy for texas state last year like right. he came out of nowhere really he was a juco guy and it was like who's this kind of he, he had his uh big catches in the red zone he was just that target where and i asked brady mcbride about this he was like what's it like having marcel barbie in the red zone he's like oh that's the biggest relief ever like if i think if things break down just throw it to marcel like right. there's so many there are so few receivers in today's game where the where i'm okay with throwing a fade to <laughs> and you could throw a fade to marcel barbie and he'll get it it's fine like he's he's a great catch but yeah that knocked Jacob Cowing down. Right, who is just a game breaker for UTEP. Whenever they get him the ball, it's a big play. It's and that gives them uh, him. They have Hankins and they have Hardison who can get him the ball. They have three guys on that offense that can really change a game if they're clicking.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And uh, you know, Rasheed Rice. I think if, Reg- if Reggie Robertson's not back, he's probably a first team guy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Eric has come. I mean, he's the other first team guy that I will mention he's dealing with a with I was a about broken to say, he's arm out right. indefinitely, right? right. They so. think he will likely be back for the first game. That's sort of the word right now. Okay. Uh, but he I mean he is if he's healthy it's it's not a contest, right? He's a clear first team guy. Sure. Um so, on to running backs. Ooh,
2: this is a fun. Be fun. One. So so <laughs> here's
1: what I'll say. There are three uh, no, there are four. There are four amazing running backs in the state of Texas. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: I had to put two on the second team and that sucked. <laughs> yeah. That felt real bad. But sincere McCormick from UTSA our Texas College Player of the Year last year, no brainer. Year. He's no, no brainer. brainer. First team. Second in the nation in rushing yards last year. Mm-hmm. He's our top running back already as a sophomore. UTSA's uh, most uh, uh, highest career rusher. Yep, all-time leading rusher. Uh, and then Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M being the other guy on the list at first team. Again, no brainer. Uh, second team, potentially uh, the guy. Some people who think can win the Heisman, Bijan Robinson from Texas, and then Ulysses Bentley the fourth, a very underrated running back from SMU.
3: Yeah, I think that. With Bijan Robinson, I think the biggest <laughs> the biggest thing against him was that Tom Herman didn't realize he was her best running back until like November, <laughs> uh. <laughs> and so and so finally towards the end of the season it was like oh we should have been giving this guy the ball the whole time instead of whoever they were trying to give the ball to. Um, but yeah, no, it, it just shows that you know his numbers could have been even more insane mm. if they would have realized you know early on. I'm not saying starting from day one, right, but right. you know maybe September he kind of know that what you got in the backfield. Um, but we saw what he could do, and it's just like, you know what? If it wasn't for these other guys putting up – Cynthia McCormick was going on there regardless, and because a offense B- – Spiller kind of took that to a new level. Yes. And so you really couldn't uh, – uh, to me, those guys were first team. Like just yeah. – even if Bijan maybe started from day one and put up better numbers, I think the contribution of those other two right. – or just too big right. to leave off. First.
1: I've actually got a piece uh, from last year on texfootball.com where I kind of wrote about the impact of just giving Isaiah Spiller the ball. Right. Right. I, I mean their offense just changes dramatically. And yeah, some of it is and I mentioned this in the piece. Some of it is obviously yes. If you are running the ball a lot, it means you're usually up, you're not down. But at the same time, he is critical to keeping that offense moving. I mean, I don't want to go as far as saying that and M is a ball control team. Mm-hmm. But they lean that they're way. Tempo they're they're they tempo control. They want to play their tempo. Yeah. Right. And Isaiah Spiller is one of the biggest reasons that they're able to do that. And so, again, Bijan, by the end of the year, very well could be the first team running back. Uh, or Ulysses Bentley could be.
3: Yeah, I was about to say, I do want to hit on Ulysses Bentley because I think you mentioned it. A guy who was kind of forced into a role that yes. he really wasn't suited for. He's not that every down back sure. that should be getting, you know, that should be getting every single carry. But of course, when T.J. McDaniel went down, he was forced to be that. He was a little bit—I don't say undersized, but he—he's uh, undersized for that type of role in particular. And he still played really, really well. He's a receiving threat. He's going to have help this year with. Um, with uh, TJ McDaniel uh, and Trey Siggers, and Trey Siggers yes, yeah, they have back they have backfield depth, and so he's not going to be asked to be the guy that carries every single
1: ball. Right. So no, I'm excited for him this year. too. This is going to be a breakout year for him, I think. Yeah. And so now we'll close it out with uh, the All most right. difficult position. Oh, man. oh, wait, no, we utility. do. We have utility. Okay, we have okay, utility. We got one more before so that. So you hold off on quarterbacks after yeah. we get to this. So oh, we, should, we, should we, we this got a typo a on the uh, on the first t- uh, on Anaya Smith's name. So. First team, Anaya Smith from Texas A&M. Second team, Tress Ebner from Baylor. Uh, again, no brainers. Yeah. No brainers. Um, you know, Tress Ebner really emerged as a receiving tra- threat last year uh, re- and as a return threat last year. But Anaya Smith kind of seen as that Swiss Army knife yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, anywhere, uh, right. play, you know, X can play out wide, can play in the backfield. I mean, come on now.
3: It, it, there's nothing that he can't do, it seems, for A. M.
1: Yes, no question about it. They played him a lot at running back last year. The word is now he's listed as a receiver. Interesting, okay. I think that a big part of that is that they have running back depth yeah, with Devona Chain. Yeah, and they don't have that so much at receiver, unfortunately. Sure. And so I think that he has the potential coming into this lot to, to potentially have a really big year. I will also mention one other guy in this sort of uh, similar sort of vein that that just missed the cut was DeAndre Torrey from North Texas. Mm-hmm. They're going to use him a whole lot more as a receiver, not just as a running back. Uh, I think that's going to be a great, great, great role for him. But yeah. these two guys just total no brainers for me.
3: Same. No, I mean, uh, Anaya Smith is going to be uh, – there's going to be some third down packages where he'll be probably be in the backfield mm-hmm. as a receiving threat to kind of be – throw a little different looks at him. But, uh, yeah, let's move on to
1: the most interesting one. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> yes. Let, let's wait now. for a second to put up the graphic. Oh. Oh, oh okay. Let's go for it. Let's, let's go, go for it. For it. Here I it was is. already ahead of you. I'm you're, sorry. You're all good. You're all good. Let's go. So, first team, a guy who did not play college football in the state of Texas last year, Tyler Shuck. Mm-hmm. This was tough yeah this was really really tough we threw around i would say literally every name <laughs> literally every name mm-hmm. uh we obviously discussed max duggan from tcu mm-hmm. we discussed uh one of the guys who could win the quarterback battle at texas or at texas a&m mm-hmm. haynes king uh, zach calzada casey thompson hudson card but you can't You can't name somebody to the first or second team who hasn't won their starting job. Sure. We thought about Brady McBride. We thought about Brady McBride. We thought about Clayton Toon. We Mm -hmm. thought about Gavin Hardison. Uh, We thought about uh, putting the second team quarterback, Eric Schmidt, uh, you know, on the first team. Mm -hmm. But you have a guy in Tyler Shuck who has played college football at a high level. Yes. He did lead Oregon to a Pac-12 championship. So he has that experience. He's also coming into a situation at Texas Tech where, yes, there's going to be some projection. But he's coming into a situation with an air raid offense, with a lot of really good receivers, including Eric Azucama, with a great running back in Siradric Thompson, uh, with a pretty experienced offensive line as well. We feel like he has the pieces in place to potentially be the best quarterback in the state of Texas. Yeah. And on the second team, look, it's been since 2017 since we've put an FCS player on uh, in the All-Texas College team. Yeah. Look, I-, I think that we can be... Like it's tough, right? Yeah. Weighing whether to kind of push somebody uh, over the edge—that stuff. I mean, the last guy who did it was Jeremiah Briscoe, a two-time winner of the Walter Payton Award. That's sure. what—that's what it takes. Right, right. Eric Schmidt has been that kind of player. Yeah. At Sam I, Houston, I
3: think that it wasn't after, especially after they won the national title, but even in the midst of their playoff run, we're like we could do that, right? Like we we could, we could just (laughs) say like, no, he's, he is the second best quarter, but you know, we're projecting him to be, you know, this uh, on the second team. And like, I remember you came to me, you were like, I'm thinking about putting Schmidt on the all Texas team. And I was like, I don't see an argument against it. Like, you know, that was a thing. Uh, one more thing on Shuck, because I think for us, the reason why we can project him so well, I think it's the Justin Herbert effect, because you saw what, what Justin Herbert was at Oregon. It's not what he was, what he's doing right now in the NFL. Mm -hmm. He's throwing the ball all over the place in the NFL. I think what Tyler Shuck did last year, he threw 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns, six picks, uh, 63% completion. Those are pretty conservative numbers. But Justin Herbert also put up conservative numbers. I think that's a product of what Oregon wanted to do. Right. Tyler Shuck is still projected to be a first, second-round draft pick because I think of what they know he could do and what he wasn't asked to do at Oregon and what he can show off at Tech. Now getting back to so that was that, that to me that I think that was what pushed us to first team uh, right uh, Tyler Shuck right with Eric Schmidt I mean come on the guy <laughs> leads leads Sam Houston to a national title is sure you can say oh he has weapons and blah 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 he Sam Houston's always had weapons but they haven't had a quarterback who's, who's been able to get, effectively get them the ball uh, before Eric Schmidt the past two years since Jeremiah Briscoe like it's been it's been that long since they've had a quarterback who can and, and guess what happens when they do they win a national title like <laughs> and right. you mentioned you mentioned the defense obviously played a huge part but the, the way they the way he pilots that offense is so methodical and he's a dual threat he's you can't you can't uh just uh, uh focus on his on his passing because he can run the ball i don't see how there was a definitive argument for somebody other than eric right. schmidt to be
1: um on this list no so. question no question well let's pull up the first team again uh the full first team tyler Shuck at quarterback sincere mccormick at utsa and isaiah spoiler at texas a and at running back uh reggie robertson marcel barbie eric azucama at receiver jalen weidermeyer at tight end jalen thomas kenyon green dawson deaton spencer burford and jacob brammer at offensive line anaya smith at utility demarvin leal oh mathis praise amawule at defensive line Terrell Bernard, Trevor Harmonson, Demarvion Overshone, Colin Schooler at linebacker, Marcus Jones, Raleigh Tejada, Travis Hodges-Tomlinson, Jalen Petrie at defensive back, Austin McNamara at punter, Seth Small at kicker, and then the second team, Eric Schmidt, quarterback from Sam Houston, Bijan Robinson, Ulysses Bentley at running back, Jacob Cowing, Rasheed Rice, Bradley Rosner at wide receiver, Christian Trahan at tight end, Connor Galvin, Junior Engelau, uh, Steve Avila. Hayden Howerton, TJ Stormont on the offensive line, Tressen Ebner at utility on, and defensively, Jaden PV, Dion Noville, Alfred Collins on the defensive line, Aaron Hansford, Delana Robinson, D. Winters, Trajan Chamberlain at linebacker, Jaron Morse, Miles Jones, Damani Richardson, Rashad Wisdom at defensive back, Lucas Dean at punter, and Cameron Dicker at kicker. Dicker the kicker. Yeah, I was waiting for that one. <laughs> y'all weren't going to say it, I was going to say it. <laughs> Woo, man. It's what a list. What a oh, – yeah. But well-deserved. Yes, very well-deserved. And the crazy thing about this, right, I, I, you list off so many names. There are so many players that we couldn't even mention. Yeah. So many Absolutely. great players. Yeah, yeah. like, I,
3: I don't know, man. It, it's it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a fun season because, again, we're seeing – and I think if you pay attention to college football in this state and even high school football and you're waiting to see some of these names emerge mm-hmm. – you know, this is going to be the year to do that, right? This is going to yes. be the year to see the Haynes King pop out at AM and m potentially. Uh, this is going to be the name to see the Baylor Cup. I mentioned two and players, I know, but still, you get what I'm saying. Uh, all over the state, you're going to see a lot of these guys come out. Hudson Card at Texas, potentially, if he beats out Casey Thompson. Um, it's it's a it's a turning over the page, and it's yes. it's been a while where we've had one year where so many teams kind of transition like that, right, Uh and I, I really can't pinpoint when the last time that happened where it was like uh, so many teams replacing quarterbacks, head coaches, and coordinators, and receivers. And it's just like, okay, almost wiping the slate, not clean, but you know, a little bit, uh, half, the, half the slate's half clean now. And so it's like, who are these new breakout names that are going to kind of emerge?
1: No question about right. it. I think that there is a new era emerging in college football this upcoming year. I think that it is one of the reasons that we have a team like Texas A&M poised right. to take a step. A team like Texas emerging in a new era, TCU potentially having a big year, SMU right. continuing to grow,
2: especially in the quarterback position too. Mm-hmm. In Texas, I mean, there, there's so many questions in that quarterback position. It's just a toss-up, really. I mean, you just you just have no idea. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see next yeah. year. Yeah,
1: I, I think that by the time that we put out the postseason All Texas College team, could be totally different names, uh-huh. especially the these names might not be on the right. It'd be so fun to
2: compare them too. You know, yeah, the yeah, and
1: we definitely will do yes, that so when absolutely. that time comes around. And so. I think it's going to be a really fun year. I I think that this is going to be as fun a year as we've had in a little while in college football. I don't think it's going to be too chalky. Yeah, I I don't because like yeah, nationwide like
3: it's been right. like you know a, Alabama's reloading whatever that means for them. Uh, you know Clemson's yeah, turning reloading right exactly. Like, it's like uh, they're gonna they gotta, be
2: just as good as they've been. They
3: got to bring in the other five star.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the other five star to back up the other five star. Right. Yeah. It's Cle- just but oh, even no. like Clemson's a continue-
3: turning a new leaf. You know, all these players are. Ter- you know, all these programs that we're used to seeing the same names every year. It's like oh, they're turning. In- I don't know, you know, oh, Alabama right. was supposed to be turning a leaf last year and Mac Jones goes. Oh, no, <laughs> they're five
1: stars, it? only 19. Oh, no. <laughs> oh <laughs> heavens. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Well, this has been great. Uh, as I mentioned, we do this every week. Republican football. Subscribe on any of your local podcast vendors. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing this. If you enjoyed our content, if you want to see this in the magazine, go to text slash subscribe. Mallory, do we have some final thoughts?
2: Well, I was looking through the comments. I didn't. See much, since this is regularly, I guess, a high school football show. <laughs> someone did mention that there are two offensive linemen from katie on the second yes, team. Connor was, yes, Connor Galvin and Hayden Howerton. Yes, right? yes. I thought that was kind of cool to mention. Um, but really, I think everybody enjoyed it too. It th- looks like the comments <laughs> are all positive, so I think this is kind of a cool thing to do. My first time, so yeah. yeah. There you I, go. I guess yeah. That was kind of my my final thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I did. Have any final I, I
1: did notice uh, Brent Holman said 14 years ago he didn't die. We're glad you're here, Brent. Uh, c- glad you were congrats here to on your watch alive the show. day. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, we're glad that you're here with us.
3: Ish. Anything? Uh, nah, man. I'm good. This is fun. This is. We're, we're going to slowly start rolling out more stuff for the magazine before everybody yes. else is holding it in their hands. Uh, so yeah, this is always one of the more fun things to do. Definitely for every year.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, if you enjoyed this, uh, you're welcome. And uh, if, you, <laughs> if, if if you hated so this, uh, Greg set me up to fail. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's all, it's
2: all Tepper's fault. This, for everything. this
1: was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we get to do uh, some more live shows, some more R.O.F. takeovers heading forward. I, I think that this was a lot of fun. I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. That's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Twitter at DCTFCFB. By the way, we have a new account uh, for our college football coverage. And of course, see us at TextFootball.com. From Allie Hartley for Ishmael Johnson. I'm Shahanjay Raja. Vince Young. Please come get your Player of the Year trophy, and we will see you tomorrow on TFT and ROF.